Let me know. Awesome. Good morning. You guys doing good? All right. All right. All right. Good stuff. Well, hey, turn to uh, Gospel of John, chapter 4, and we're continuing this series today called More Ready Than You Know, because you're more ready than you know. <laughs> and uh, I just feel like the Lord has just been speaking this prophetically to us about, uh, about us. The reality is uh, our church, the mission of our church is to raise up and to empower and to release fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ walking in community together. Jesus didn't die on a cross so that you or I could just sit in a, in a chair once a week, hear a nice little message, feel kind of good, make a little, do a little, little religious service, and then go on with our life and not have our lives affected by the gospel or affected this world by the gospel. I... I I basically have committed my life not to build uh, an institution, but rather to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen? Jesus did not say, go and make a really big church. He said, go and make disciples. Amen? See, because if your aim as a pastor or a leader is to get numbers or something like that, right? If like our goal was just to get some people into the chairs, well, what is that? Is that right? Is that really why Jesus died? Or did he die so that every single one of us would carry inside of us his life, right? So that our life would become and look just like his life. Amen? And he said, he who believes in me would do the works that I do and greater works. Jesus died so that every single one of us could be partnering with what he is doing on this earth. What we like to say around here is that we are a community that is freely receiving, freely giving. That is really what we believe discipleship really looks like. That we are learning to be and to do just like the Master. Freely receiving all that Jesus has done for us. Freely receiving His love. Freely receiving His grace and the power of His life. The power of the finished work of the cross for us as He changes our life. And then as conduits for that, for that life change to other people. I love what, um, what uh, uh, Chris was sharing. I had the same picture of just us being conduits just completely cleaned out totally able to receive from the lord nothing hindering our hearts from receiving and yet as a community nothing hindering us from letting that glory flow through us to this world and so often there are these blocks in us that is hindering us from impacting this world isn't there fear or just in our own lives just things that are kind of not there and what this series is about is calling forth an army of people who would go and be and do just like the master Go and reproduce ourselves. Go and be Jesus to this world in word and in deed. And the prophetic statement to us in this series is that you are more ready than you realize to go and reflect Jesus to other people. You are more ready than you realize to get into a conversation with somebody who doesn't know the Lord and who's far from God and, 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 and lead them to Jesus. And, I, and as we've said uh, throughout the last couple of weeks, that people are more ready than you know. I've even given statistics, but really Jesus said it best, right? The harvest is ripe. It's already white for the harvest. Jesus is basically saying people are already ready to have you engage them in a spiritual conversation, to have you show them the gospel and lay it out for them and make it clear. And they're so ready for you to invite them on the journey with you, into the community with you, and have them get to know people who are followers of Jesus. And so my passion 
as I said, is to make disciples. People who live this and own this. Right? If it's just an institute, an institution, if it's just about people filling up chairs, you know, we meet once a week and we go off and do our thing, it's never going to change the world, amen? It's never going to be a movement. But when each person believes the gospel, has had their life transformed, and owns that they are a representative of Jesus Christ to everyone around them, my goodness, we could change the world, huh? And then, to be salt and light in this world. <laughs> and that the cry of our heart, oh, that the cry of our heart would be, Lord, give us the nations. It's really what I, what I see. I see a church rising up as an army who believes the gospel and is moving forth to impact this community. I see, I don't just see um, like one tree with like an apple on it. No, I see a tree with tons of apples and a forest of trees with tons of apples. What do I mean by that? I, when I close my eyes, see, God to- spoke to Abraham, right? And he said, look up and see those, see those stars? He said, your descendants are going to be like those stars. And what did Abraham do? You just know the story. He looked up and he said, he didn't actually say anything, but the Bible says he believed God. Yeah? The Bible says he believed God. Well, I see, I see a forest of trees. Church after church after church after church. Saturating this community. Saturating the nations. And on that tree, not just like a piece of fruit where like one person is devoted to Jesus or a handful. You know, there's a couple of leaders who are on fire. No, I see a tree. Tons of apples. Tons of on fire fully devoted followers, knowing Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and partnering with Jesus to impact this world. And those apples become trees. And those trees multiply themselves. People reproducing themselves. Communities of people reproducing themselves. Saturating this world with the gospel. Saturating this community with the gospel. The Lord convicted me this week. Or maybe it was last week. I don't remember. Either way, still rocks me. You know, he usually... There's usually a snowball effect. God says something in my life and little pebbles become (laughs) an avalanche. I'm like, ah! You know, two months later, I'm still being rocked by one thing he said. I'm praying and I'm like, Lord, you know, I pray you'd save people and save everyone. And and I said, oh, maybe I should just pray for like a bunch of people to get saved instead of like everyone. And then he was like, did I say to pray for a bunch of people to be saved? And I was like, I don't know. What did you say? And he said, I said my will is that every person will be saved. I said, that's true, that's your will. So why are you going to pray anything else? Hmm, good point. You know, you <laughs> it's totally convicted. Like, why do you ask me to do something that I didn't say? Just ask me for what I said. I want every person to know me. All right, I'll ask you for that. Remember, you know, when you're like a, a new Christian or like you, you see like little kids, they come to Jesus and they're like, we ask you that the whole world would come to know you, Jesus, you know? And we're like, oh, that's really nice. That's really nice. That's really cool. When they, when they get older, they'll, they'll pray less prayers of faith. No, <laughs> there's something about that childlike faith, isn't there? Because there's something about that that's the heart of God. He wants everyone. And he died for everyone. And he is full of passion and zeal until he gets it all. Amen? He's unrelentless. Or relentless? Unrelenting? I have no idea. Obed, come on up. So, <laughs> I, love, 
I love this man. I love all you guys. And I love that I get to be a part of a church that is becoming like Jesus. I love that we, I'm a part of a church. Come on up and just grab that mic. I love that I'm a part of a church where we're beginning to own this. Really. And it's not like fake, you know? It's not like we have like this hobby that's called evangelism. It's starting to come into our lives and come out of us. And I could probably just like walk around here and ask you what has happened in the last six months in terms of you sharing your faith or having a conversation with people. And I bet almost every one of you would have something. Now, right now you're probably like, well, not me. But I bet if you thought about it, you do. <laughs> Sometimes we don't remember. Sometimes we don't think about it. We beat ourselves up instead of remembering God is using you. And I love it. I love being a part of this community. So I, had Ob- I want Obed to come up because he's going to share a story that I-, I think just models what God is doing in us. In him, but through our whole church. I think it's awesome. So, uh, are you on here? Just go for it. Uh, so, yeah, just tell us the story. I mean, just, just lay it out, you know. Oh, okay. I'll stand up here so I look taller. <laughs> well, uh, one Saturday night, I was kind of hanging out with my sister, and I decided, I'm bored. I'm going to go get some movies. And she's like, oh, here's 20 bucks. Go get gas, too, because I was using her car. And I, so I, was, I was going to that gas station, and I went in and just was this guy just kind of backing out, and just, I thought he was leaving. And I, real, and I just pulled in because I didn't want to back out. It's kind of too, it's traffic. I don't deal with it. And he's like, what? You're, like, You're taking my spot. I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. So I just backed up to the back one. I'm like, whatever, I'll just deal with it later. And as soon as I walk into the store, he was like, Thank you for giving me, for giving me my spot back. I'm having a really rough day. And at that moment, just, God just told me, pray for him. And like, can I pray for you? And as soon as I said that, that man just started crying. Hmm. He just wept. And he, like, all right, I'm like, okay, this is weird. That's what we already thought, you know? So I walked out, and like, I, I, I told him, uh, I'll wait for you outside. So... We're both pumping gas. I see him. He's just crying, pumping gas. He's like, it's like, okay. And then eventually I just, we kind of parked to the side. And um, he started to tell me his story that he just kind of, he slept in his car because he got into an argument with his wife. And he, there was fireplace going on and he gave her a love letter that she rejected and she threw it in the fire. And then he took it out and uh, she like hit the broom with the broom and the broom was on fire and then she tried to hit him and then he hit back and he kind of hit her in the face so he was in so much fear that he was going to go to prison for arson and he was just like being dominated by fear and just the eyes of the enemy just going back and like he like turned his phone off because he was so paranoid because uh, uh, he felt like the police was going to catch him and and, and as soon as I said that, I just like started praying for him. I started speaking truth in his life. Like, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He died for you. I told him the gospel. I told him uh, that, that God will not relent until he asks him. Mm-hmm. He wants him for, his, for himself because he's jealous for him. Mm-hmm. And he just started crying and crying. And then he started confessing his sin. He said he was, in, uh, he was being a drug addict. And an alcoholic for the last 20-something years. And, I, you know, if you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And I started declaring the word of God upon him. I just started giving him uh, salvation, offering him salvation. And eventually, we, I prayed for him for like 
over an hour just like praying for him, yeah. praying for him. Like it, like it started pouring rain, so we eventually went into my car and just like praying for him, praying for him. I started ministering to him, and he just started crying and and you know and he just said, um, I want to live with Christ. And then I prayed for them again, and he accepted Christ that day. And wow. then he said, I want to get clean. And I encouraged him, you want to get clean? Go get help. He's actually yeah. at a rehab center right now. I haven't talked to him in like a month. But, you know, he, he made the, the commitment to follow Christ. And I just know God was behind him. Because, like, just a random guy meets a random person yep. in the street and just... It was just a divine encounter. Just God just was after him, and he used me. So, Amen. That's good. I love it. It's an adventure living with Jesus. You never know what he's going to do, right? <laughs> no, don't turn down that way. <laughs> when you give him the driver's seat, <laughs> like, oh, no, don't go down that way. So John chapter 4, we'll continue this series about... Um, but basically an adventure, a personal evangelism of just showing people who Jesus is in word and deed and leading people to him. The reality is that there's, there's really a deception, I think, in the church that we've just really tried to break down in the last couple of years and even the last couple of weeks. You know, I'm not an evangelist, you know. I'm not that person. That's not who I am. I don't have that gift. You know, there's, you're a Christ follower. Every believer is a disciple and every disciple is a minister. You are a Christ follower and you're called to be a witness of Jesus Christ. And so that's what this is all about. And um, really, we just want to empower you with the tools and the resources and the skills and the wisdom to be able to engage people in those conversations. Um, as Jesus says here in verse 35 through 38 of John, he says, Do not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. And Jesus is saying, of course, to the disciples, that where they would have missed the opportunity to talk to this to, to, a, to a Samaritan woman, Jesus was totally ready. He was, he was prayed up, he was filled with the Spirit, he was led by the Spirit, and he was ready to engage her in a conversation which led her to himself. And he is saying both the same thing to us. Open your eyes. Look, people are more ready than you realize. People aren't going to come to you and fall on their feet and say, what do I need to do to be saved? You know what I'm saying? People aren't going to come to you and, uh, and just knock on your door, you know. Hey, can you tell me the way to heaven? Right? We're almost like waiting for that. We define people being ready by that. But Jesus defined people being ready by them being willing to open up into a conversation. Jesus defined it by them being willing to go down that path. The reality is, is that woman that he talked to, the Samaritan woman, was, was really quite hostile to him at first and really quite kind of turned off by religious things and and most people that you get into a conversation with are going to be on the outside and maybe even in reality quite turned off they have hurdles between them and the lord 
cultural hurdles, religious concepts that aren't true, bad experiences, lies that they believe about God, etc., etc., etc. And all these things are hurdles. Well, we see them and we think, oh, they're not ready. Jesus was like, oh, no, they're ready. I'm just going to blow down those walls, right? You know, and some of you even feel like, uh, uh, Lynn Allen came up to me a little uh, right before the message, and she said that there's, there's some of you here, or, or maybe even one person, who you're, you're kind of like, like peeking behind that curtain, like checking out what's going on. You're, like, you're kind of checking God out. You know, you're here and you're like, is, is this real? Are these people real? Is God real? Do I really want to give my life to Jesus? And kind of looking and checking it out. And, uh, and, that, and, and, and Lynn, Lynn shared that what she saw were a bunch of hurdles. And that, and that you, you feel like there's all these hurdles between you and the Lord. And, and, and the word of the Lord through Lynn, I'm just relaying it because I don't think she's here. I think she's in the back with the youth. She said, the, the Lord said, none of those hurdles are from me. See, a lot of times we put up hurdles because of our own uh, misconceptions of God. Other people have put those hurdles up, right? Things that are not biblical, whether it be cultural or, or, or religious things that are not from the word. And we, and, and we have all these hurdles and the Lord says, none of them are from me. And if you just trust me, we get right through all those. And I think there are some people here, maybe just one person, where it's time for you to surrender to the Lord. It's time for you to say, okay, I have a lot of questions, but um, I'll, I'll let you in. I'll let you be the leader of my life. I'll let you forgive me of my sin. And we'll work out those issues as we go. Um, but so people have a lot of these hurdles. I mean, it's, it's true. People, you talk to people and the you know, well, how come he's sending people to hell if he's a good God? You know, what I mean, they just come right out with something like that or or these misconceptions about the church or misconceptions about, uh, well, maybe some of their conceptions about the church, right? <laughs> you know, uh, but, you know, misconceptions about the church or misconceptions about God. And we think, oh, that means that they're not ready. No, they are ready. In fact, the very reason why they're bringing those things up is probably because they want you to engage them, to talk with them and to answer their questions and to show them the truth instead of this perception that they've had all their years. <clears throat> I love this phrase that Jesus says here in verse 37. For in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. One sows and another reaps. Really, it's so important for us to understand that evangelism is a process, a process best described with a farming metaphor, that people really do take time to come to the Lord. I mean, some people, they might just like accept Jesus really quick. And the reality is, is that, that, that Obed was at the right time at the right place because he was prayed up and he was sensitive to the Spirit. And really, he did an act of kindness by simply backing up, you know. Just, all right. He didn't think he was doing anything special, but he was just being kind. He backs up and the person says, thanks. And instead of being like, okay, I'll see you later, you know, I'm having a really hard day. Oh, okay. Yeah, bless you. Holy Spirit says, pray for him. Hey, can I pray for you? Right? He was, he, was, he was on his toes, prayed up, ready to listen and to respond to the voice of the Spirit. And what have we said? We need to be wise in how we approach people and we need to redeem the time, right? Make the most of every opportunity. So he seized that opportunity. But the reality is, is that one sows and another reaps. Obed got to reap. Obed got to lead that guy to Jesus. But the reality is, is that there was a lot of stuff that happened before that. That might have prepared his heart. And there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen after that man comes to Jesus that I pray that Obed gets to, uh, I actually do pray this, by the way. <laughs> I pray that Obed reconnects with him you know, after the rehab and is able to disciple him. There's a whole process of discipleship after someone comes to Jesus. 
But one gets to sow and another gets to reap. You and I, we get to just simply play a part in someone's life. But the reality is it's God who is the Savior. Amen? It's God who's the one drawing people. It's God who's pursuing them. And we just get to be a tool in His hand. And see, a lot of times we expect, like, sometimes it's why we don't do it. We think like, oh no, I have to like share the gospel, lay it out, and then lead them to Jesus in like two minutes, you know? Or, you know what I'm saying, I've been, I've been this guy's friend for like a year and he hasn't come to Jesus yet, you know? I feel so guilty, I'm not a good Christian. It's like, what are you talking about? One sows and another reaps. It's a process. You're really, if anything, the best illustration would be you're one link in the chain. You're one link in the chain that's leading this person to Jesus. And, and you know what? I, it's so fun when you get to like be like every link. <laughs> and actually, I don't know if that's really ever possible, really, because there's always people praying for someone. Or, I, love, I love the fact that when you're in a community like this, each of us play a role of, of just pouring into someone's life as they get to start to journey with us. They come and maybe they go to one of our groups or they hang out at a party that we're having or a picnic like next week or come to church and we get to befriend them. You know, I was thinking about it last week that you don't even have to like, you know, you're like, oh, I'm too scared to go talk to my neighbors. My goodness, you could just like meet somebody here right here on a Sunday. Like there are people journeying with us who don't know the Lord. I mean, if you think about it, if you can't talk to a newcomer or like a visitor or somebody you just don't know at our church here, my goodness, like how are you going to do it with your neighbor, you know? That's why I always say, hey, meet somebody you don't know, because if we can't be friendly here, or if you meet somebody and you don't know if they're a Christ follower, or you don't know what's going on in their life, and yet you can just turn right around and say, hey, want to go to lunch? You can just start right here. We can basically do what we're talking about right here, because I guarantee there's people who are journeying with us, right? Easter's going to happen, or, or Palm Sunday. We're going to have a bunch of people, maybe visitors up there on the picnic next week. We're going to have a bunch of people here for Easter. What if you just got to know them, invited them back? Invited them to OSL. Started a conversation. Right? See, remember we talked about last week that Jesus, or Matthew, I'm sorry, Matthew had this party and invited Jesus and all the disciples. Matthew just created an opportunity for these just people to collide. Well, here's an opportunity. Seize it. Amen? See, we're all part of this together. And it can happen here. It can happen out there. It can happen in your neighborhood. It can happen in your workplace. It can happen anywhere. But you just start right here. But we're all links in the chain. And you might say, yeah, yeah, but you don't understand. Like the person in my life that I would want to share the gospel with, like they're like a negative 20. You don't understand it. They're like a negative 20. I'm like, no, I bet they're like less than that. But even if they're a negative 20, you're still in their life. And I bet they are more open and more ready for you to engage in some level, at least to plant a seed for the gospel. You know, plant a little seed, talk about something and but you might say, no, 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 I can't, I can't. They, they won't even hang out with me. Well, then you can pray, right? Right, we've talked about these various uh, uh, steps, if you want to put it up there. These are just principles and skills that we've just been kind of focusing on. The first one is prayer. I mean, I've said, look, if you'll just pray, you'll be more effective just right there, you know? There, God, give me opportunity. Yeah, ask anything in His name, and He'll do it for you. We've also said just cultivate friendship and just, and just uh, 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 work on just go hang out with people. You, you get a lot more done just being around people who don't know Jesus, right? You know, just, just be their friend. And it's just learning the art of cultivating friendship and learning the art of starting conversations with people. And you might be like, no, no, I can't even start a conversation. Yeah, you can pray, though. There are people in my life that I've, I've planted the seed. I've shared the gospel with them or I've shared my testimony. I mean, you know, I, I generally, I think if you've not had any kind of seed planting 
in a person's life who doesn't know Jesus, I don't think that's their problem. You know, <laughs> you should like go for it. You know what I'm saying? That's like my challenge. If you got like, if they don't even know you're a believer, that might be a problem. I'd, I'd be a little bit concerned about that. But if you just, if you've planted the seed or you kind of, you put yourself out there and you're just like, man, they just don't even want to talk about it. Well, don't force it then. See, what we've been do, working through, I've just been trying to give you ideas and creative uh, you know, thoughts and give you guys stories and give you guys some questions you can ask because it's like a playbook, right? Here's the playbook, but now you've got to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, what do you want me to do? And there are times to keep your mouth shut and just pray. There are times just to develop the friendship and there are times to say something and build and ask them questions. And, hey, where are you at on your spiritual journey? And, and, and what do you believe? You know, sometimes, you know, you got your like question, you're ready. Okay, I'm going to ask them. So like, tell me about your church experience. And like you go to do that. I think Kurt, you told me this one time and the Holy Spirit was like, no, don't bring it up. You know, sometimes you've got a kind of a, a bunch of questions that you might ask in your head. Just, you know, okay, I, I want to start a spiritual conversation. How can I do it? And you might have some things that you want to just throw out there. Like I've said to you last week, just sometimes I'm just let people know who I am. Hey, what'd you do this weekend? Yeah, you know, I, I taught some kids or, you know, you just like kind of like talk about who you are. You talk about what God is doing in your life. You gossip about God, right? Gossip about what God's doing in your life. Gossip about what God's doing in someone else's life. Hey, what'd you do Friday night? Oh, I was at this home group and like we saw someone healed. That's kind of cool. You know, and they're like, what? You know, just like throw it out there. There are times to do that. And then there are times when you know the strategies and you have the questions and the Holy Spirit says, nope, don't do that. Right? Like, the, like Kurt was like, eh, I'm just going to ask them about their church experience. That's a good one. And the Holy Spirit was like, don't bring it up. Talk about me. Talk, you know, talk about the Lord. Don't talk about church. There's times to know. Right? And so what you do is you begin to learn some of the, the art of this. You've been the art of cultivating friendship and cultivating conversation, engaging people in spiritual conversation. The, the art of just kind of planting seeds in people's heart, you know? Like we've said, just kind of, yeah, I hate religion too. What? You know, just kind of plant that seed. Kind of start breaking down some mindsets. You learn the art of that and you begin to learn that the Holy Spirit, when you know the skills and you know the questions and you know, and you got some ideas, the Holy Spirit can say, ask them to go to coffee. Pray for them. Okay, now ask them this. Now just tell them that story. And a lot of times, it doesn't sound like it's going to be like, that's like, we're, not, we're talking about football, and you want me to like ask them that? You know, sometimes it's totally out of the blue. I mean, look at how Jesus starts it in John chapter 4, when, he, when he's just sitting at this well in verse 7. He says, a, a woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said, give me a drink of water. For he, his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink for me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. I mean, like I said, she's a little bit hostile culturally and religiously. Like, I'm a Samaritan, you're Jew. And, you know, and actually, some people suggest that Jesus talking to a woman who's not with her man would have been a little flirtatious in that culture. Like, whoa, what's Jesus doing, right? He doesn't care. He's not afraid of that, right? He's not afraid of what she thinks and what his disciples are going to think and what other people think. He's, he's just going to blow right past all those cultural barriers. And then, he, and then when she like comes off like, hey, what are you doing asking me for a drink? He's really tactful and he sticks to the subject and he's subtle. And he goes, well, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would give you, he would have given you living water. Yeah, really, really, really on topic, Jesus. Right, really relevant, really right there, man, yeah. Hi, I'd like some water. Why are you asking me for water? 
if you would have if you would have known, I would give you the living water. I mean, it's like, what? No, I'm, I'm, I'm not dissing Jesus. What I'm saying is we create this concept of being relevant and being subtle. Well, you know what? He wasn't really that subtle, was he? He was not subtle at all. And, 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 and I'm challenging us. Don't think you've got to be, you know, Billy Graham, but also don't, don't, oh, no, I don't, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to be cool. No, just go for it. Be led by the Spirit. You have Jesus being led by the Spirit, and He just goes for it. Just go for it. You feel the leading of the Spirit? So, ever been to church? I mean, just go for it, you know? Hey, what do you think about God? Or just talk about your life. Just say it. Take the risk and go for it. And you'll notice he gets into this conversation with this woman. At first, she has no clue what he's talking about. Well, okay, give me this water. You know, she thinks... She doesn't have a clue what he's talking about at first. And finally, like, they get down into some... He's, he's kind of... Again, he's being led by the Spirit. He's not just being weird. He's really getting to her, to her real need that's going on. She's feeling dry and empty and lost and condemned. And he's really getting to some of the heart of the issues that's going on in her life. And um, finally, he, uh, in verse 15, the woman says, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. I don't think she gets at all still what he's talking about at that point in verse 15. And then in verse 16, he says, go call your husband and come here. Which, again, could have sounded a little bit flirtatious in that culture. You know, like, hey. (laughs) Um, Verse 17, the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you know, or now have, is not your husband, in that you spoke truly. Then the woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. What did he just do? He read her mail. He read her mail. He's like, oh, go call your husband. I don't have a husband. Oh, well, you've had five husbands. I mean, how are you supposed to know that? What, does she have a sign? I have five husbands? No, that's called the gifts of the Spirit, right? Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, gifts of prophecy, gifts of healings, miracles, gifts of faith. See, the Holy Spirit gives us gifts in order to minister to people in the power of the Spirit, to know things that we couldn't know, to say things that we would never know to say, and to do things that we couldn't do in our own human ability, right? And Jesus is totally showing us in this random encounter with this woman, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily random, it's like a divine appointment, but this just looks random. I'd like some water, please. You know what I mean? It just looks totally random. Jesus seizes the opportunity, being led by the Spirit, He engages her in a spiritual conversation and then he speaks a word of knowledge right to her. This is what we would call a word of knowledge where he just reads her mail. He knows something that you could not know unless the Holy Spirit had told him. And this this is what 1 Corinthians 12 says are the gifts of the Spirit that we ourselves can operate in. And a lot of times we talk about the gifts of the Spirit as being used in the church or, you know, like, for each other, and, and, and that's true to some degree. But if you read in the New Testament, most of the time, the gifts of the Spirit are used when? Out on the streets. Out, not in the synagogue, not in the church, not in the gathering of believers. They're used for evangelism. The Holy Spirit, who is with you and partnering with you, wants to empower you, and He wants to give you these gifts. Every single one of the gifts is available to a, is, is, is to available to a believer. That's why we need to be filled with the Spirit, right? And it's like you've got this tool belt around you. And at any moment, as the Holy Spirit wills, the Holy Spirit can be like, word of knowledge, right there, bam. 
Talk to them about their dad. Okay, right? And you can go where the Holy Spirit is leading you. Jesus literally reads her meal, gets a word of knowledge, and says, I know you don't have a husband, you've had five husbands, and you're living with this person. What happens when you use the gifts of the Spirit in engaging people? It shows them that God is real. It shows them that God really loves them. Rather than this being a condemning thing that happened with this woman, she was like, whoa, like you know, you must be a prophet. And all of a sudden, the conversation goes into a whole other path, and it goes into a deeper spiritual conversation. In fact, then she brings up this like controversial religious issue about where we're supposed to worship God. And Jesus totally bypasses that and goes to, again, the heart of the matter. He, he gets away from religion, goes right to a relationship with God is what she was really longing for. But we want, we want to know how to use the spiritual gifts. One of the best ways that you can do evangelism, and this could be with friends that you know, this could be random occurrences, is just be like, hey, can I pray for you? Or when they bring up a need in their life, hey, can I pray for you? Can you imagine what would happen when they get healed? Yeah? Oh, let me just show you. My God really likes you. Father, pray you'd heal them in Jesus' name. Oh, it's kind of simple, yeah? <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. This is what Jesus did all the time, right? He's like a, he walked around and just like showed them how real God was, not just in words, but in deed, right? He, I mean, come on. Like we talk about, oh, you know, Jesus did really nice things for people. He really helped them out. What are you talking about? He's a funeral wrecker. You know, he shows up at funerals and says to moms, don't cry. And goes over there and raises the dead, Right? Funeral wrecker, you? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he just, I was, I was kind of wondering, like, what do you do with a coffin? I mean, I don't, I think he was probably on like a stretcher, but you know what I'm saying? Like, what would you do? You know, you go wreck someone's funeral, raise the dead. What do you do with the coffin? Like, sell it on Craigslist, eBay, used coffin. Well, not really used. He was just dead for a little while. Never been in the ground. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, what do you do? I think you would just be honest, wouldn't you? Just say, well, the guy got raised. Just say that, like, just, just do it, just, you know, just say it. No, I'm just really, like, Jesus was walking down the street, saw a woman crying, and her dead son. He knew in himself that this was her son, her only son, and that her husband had died. He knew it. He was moved with compassion and said to the son, get up, and he was raised from the dead, right? I mean, this is the way Jesus operated. Paul, I love Paul, right? He's walking around in the city of Philippi and this woman who has a spirit of divination, right? Which means that from some demon, she was telling people's future, which is really weird, bad, okay? So she's, these people are telling you about God, you know? And he's like, oh, he gets irritated, I think, in his spirit. I don't think it was just that he was getting, like, frustrated. But in his spirit, he was like, oh, this is, I'm grieved, right? He says to the spirit, get out of her, you spirit of divination. The spirit of divination leaves the girl. And she happened to be a slave of these people who were making a lot of money from her. So he gets thrown in prison. I mean, that's a good day, you know? That's a good day when you bring down someone's business, you know? I just wreck someone's business, you know? How about Jesus, right? Tells a legion of demons, come out of that guy. And the demons go into pigs. He ruins the whole pig farming uh, industry right there. Down the drain. The pigs run right into the ocean, kill themselves. You know? This is like... Okay, I know you're wondering what's my point here. <laughs> my point is don't worry about being relevant. <laughs> Just go for it. No, my point is 
you can be moved, you can be led by the power of the Spirit. And as you are used by God, there are people out there who have demons that need to be cast out. There are people that need you to prophesy truth over their lives. For you to come and say, God loves you and he's pursuing you. I know, I know what Obed was doing. He, wasn't, he, was, he was declaring the word and then he started prophesying over that man. I know it. So this is who God says you are. He was prophesying, right? People need you as you're listening to them to hear something about their life that they would, you wouldn't have known otherwise. I remember I was uh, talking to this one guy kind of week after week at Citrus years and years ago. And uh, he thought I was weird anyways, so it didn't really matter uh, that one day I was like, hey, I was praying for you, and uh, I just felt like there was something up with your mom. What? My mom? We talk- what? No, I'm joking around. <laughs> what you talking about my mom for? Let's go at it. Yo, mama. And uh, so I was like, hey, uh, I feel like there's something wrong with your mom. Like, is there? And he was like, yeah. I actually don't even remember what it was. I think it was like a sickness or something like that. So I was like, well, can I pray for her? So I did right there. I don't I mean, I don't really know much beyond that because it was one of those uh, relationships that was like, yeah, you know, you kind of saw each other every once in a while. But this is the kind of thing that the Lord can use to break down people's mindsets, right? Like, all, like, whoa, God told you that there's something going on in my life? Like, God must really know me. God must really care. And it can begin to break down these walls. I remember one time I gave this guy like a prophetic word randomly, again at Citrus, and it's actually what started our somewhat of a spiritual conversation. Like, I had no real, like, in with this guy necessarily to talk about spiritual things, and then one day I just gave him this prophetic word, and after that we would, like, start talking about it. It was kind of weird, though, because mostly we just had some real weird concepts about God. So I had to just, again, I was just planting seeds, talking about who God really is, and, you know, like, Star Wars isn't true, you know, stuff like that. So, no, I'm, I'm being somewhat silly. No, some, you know, people create concepts about God through media like Star Wars, Dogma, and other films that are out there. But uh, So just working with people to show them who God is and planting seeds. I never led those people to Jesus, but I'm a link in the chain, aren't I? I heard this really cool story one time of this guy on a plane. He's like my hero. And uh, he's on this plane, and he starts joking with this lady who's eating like a tofu sandwich. And he's like messing with her. And uh, finally they get into this conversation, and he says, uh, she says to him, Hey, what do you do? And uh, he's like, oh, I'm a healer. That's kind of funny. And uh, he goes, uh, she goes, she goes, what do you do? He's like, oh, I'm a healer. She's like, oh, really? Like he could tell that she was very like, you know, more maybe on the new age side of things and all that stuff. And so he's like, yeah, I'm a healer. And she's like, really? Oh, that's so cool. Like I'm totally into that too. And they start talking and everything. And she's like, how do you do it? And I'm like, oh, I, I, I just... Um, uh, but he goes, I'm, a, I'm just a conduit. I think he used a different word. I'm, I'm just a conduit. I just like let God's presence like flow through me and God's goodness come upon people and, and they get healed. And so they get into this conversation about healing and stuff. And she's like, do you think you could like do it on my husband? Like, could you heal my husband? And he's like, sure, why not? You know, <laughs> this is like all on a plane. And so, um, and uh, he starts telling her about how Jesus healed people when he was on earth and how that Jesus can heal through us. And he was telling stories from his own life and stories from the Bible. And, and she was like, oh, wow, well, I'm a follower of the Dalai Lama. And so she started talking about how, like, the Dalai Lama and Jesus are, like, the same. And, and he just was, like, I mean, he didn't, like, rip on her or anything, but he was just, show, you know, just talking about how Jesus is different. Um, so he explained how Jesus is different. And then she was like, so, so can you 
can you uh, do this on my husband? Like, do we need to go somewhere? Like, how do you do it? And he's like, no, no, we can just do it while we're walking. And so, like, while they're walking, because they left the plane at that point, and they're going to get their bags, he just puts his hand on the man, and he just says, you know, Father, I release your goodness. You know, there's no sickness in heaven. I'll let your kingdom come upon this man right now in Jesus' name. And there it is. Done. He goes on with his day. They, they swapped cards. His card, I mean, her card was like, you know, nutritionist, like, healer, follower of Dalai Lama card, and his card was pastor. You know? And uh, so they swapped cards, and... He totally lost her card for a couple of weeks and, and uh, obviously he prayed about it, but he knew he was supposed to follow up on, on her. And finally he found the card like in his shirt that he had been wearing at the plane and called her up. And she was so glad that he would follow up, right? And she was like, guess what? After you prayed, the pain left my husband's arm. And now we've been to the whatever doctor and the cancer's gone. Awesome, isn't it? Awesome how we can be used by the Lord. I mean, these are the people, these are like my heroes. But we... Do you remember, you remember the Karate Kid? Remember the Karate Kid? I love the Karate Kid. Wax on, wax off. Or if like you're in the new generation, it'd be like put the coat on the coat rack thing. Remember, right? Wax on, wax off, right? Paint the fence. Yeah, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Sand the floor. And uh, <laughs> Mr. Miyagi was like over and over and over again. He made him do this stuff. The guy... Mr. Karate Kid, I don't remember his name, he, he, Daniel Sun, he, uh, he, he didn't have a clue what he was doing, right? He was like, why am I doing this? Why am I, why am I going over and over and over again these motions? Why am I working on this? But Mr. Miyagi had said, you need to trust me in this, right? You need to trust me. Over and over and over again he did this until one day, you know, obviously Daniel Sun uh, having an issue with teenage rebellion and Lack of submission, no. He says, oh, why am I doing this? Oh, I'm out of here. You know, you're not teaching me karate. I want to learn karate. And Mr. Miyagi's like, tries to punch him or show me paint the fence or something like that. And all of a sudden, it clicks that this whole time that he's been waxing the car and painting the fence, he's been building muscle. He's been building the muscle in the right places. He's been building muscle memory. He's been learning the movements. And all of a sudden, it clicked, right? See, we need to be trained in the gospel, don't we? We need to be trained in the use of spiritual gifts. And a lot of it happens right here. It happens in OSL. It happens in our life groups. See, people don't always understand why it is that why we would just take the Word of God and flood our hearts with it, convincing ourselves that the gospel really is the power to save. Having our lives transformed by the power of the Word of God, why do I have to memorize those scriptures? Why do I have to like, read the Bible all the time? Why do I have to listen to these messages? Why do I have to have my heart flooded with this? You know, I already, I already got saved and everything. Or, 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 or why, why, why are we going to try to activate the spiritual gifts here on Sunday morning? Want to know why? Well, number one, it's for your life, right? Freely receive. But it's really about people who are out there on the street. See what's happening when you're memorizing the scripture and you're flooding your heart with the word of God and you're building up your own faith and you're encountering God, and He's healing your life, and He's changing your marriage, and He's delivering you, and you get to lay your hands on somebody at, at Through the Roof, or at your home group, or, or, or a, a, a believing friend right here on a Sunday morning. You're like, man, hey brother, I feel like I have a word for you. And you just lay your hand, and you give them a word, or you pray for somebody, and they get healed. Guess what you're doing? You're just practicing. Because the real game is out there where people don't know Jesus. Amen? The real game is that we're on a mission field. 
When you go to your work, when you're working with people in your life, you're on the mission field and God wants you to be ready and equipped and filled with the Spirit and convinced that the gospel is true so that literally when somebody has a problem, it just comes out of you, right? Just, how can I pray for you? you know, oops, I just said that. You know? It's really what it is. So that you, the fear is broken down. So that we're just like, I know how to pray for somebody at my church. I know how to minister to somebody in my home group or my friends at, 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 uh, at my college that I'm hanging out with. And all of a sudden, when I run into somebody, I don't even know if they know Jesus or not. It just comes right out. Just like Karate Kid. Paint the fence, you know? And someone says to you, I'm just really going through something. Can I pray for you? You know, it just comes right out of you. And so you understand, you don't have to freak out. Oh no, oh no, oh no, I need a prophetic word. Oh no, oh no, I, oh, oh, cancer. I don't know how to do it. I don't know what to do about it. I don't know what to do about it. No, instead you're like, oh, you have cancer? Father, just heal them in Jesus' name. And what you have freely received, you freely give. Amen? This is the kind of people that the Lord wants. Karate kids, I guess. Okay. <laughs> so we're learning how to cultivate these friendships and cultivate these conversations. And we're learning to use our spiritual gifts. And like I said, a lot of this happens right here at church. One of the best ways for you to be a witness for Jesus is to encounter Jesus. One of the best ways for you to be a witness is for you to tap in to what God's doing in your own life. Just share your own story. Let me tell you what God's doing. Gossip about God and what He's doing in your life or in our church. And just let it come out of you. And the reality is if you have nothing to share about what God is doing in your life, I mean, you could be in the hardest time of your life, but what is my testimony in the hardest time of my life? He's with me. See, I'm not alone. Right? It can be the hardest time of your life, but we have a witness. We have a testimony. If you don't have a testimony, I would say go back to the drawing board. Connect with the Lord. I want to talk a little bit about this, though, about sharing the gospel. Because sooner or later, we've got to make, the, make it clear. Sooner or later, someone needs to know, how do I get saved? And it might be a time for you just to plant a seed, and it might be time for you to lay it out for them. You've got to know. You've got to know, do I just say it in a minute? Do I say it in ten minutes? Do I give them the invitation to accept Jesus? Are they ready or are they not? But of course, like we've said, they're more ready than we know. I remember this awesome story by uh, Bill Hybels, who's like this awesome evangelist. And he's on this boat... He loves boats and stuff. He's hanging out on this boat with a bunch of people drinking, and they're all probably all, you know, they're all limbered up. And he's uh, just hanging out with them, and him and his wife are about to leave. And, you know, they haven't had anything to drink. They're just hanging out with them. And they're, they're coming down the steps from this boat, right? It's one of those big boats, and they're walking down the steps, and they're literally, like, putting their foot onto the, like, either, I forget if it was the ledge or whatever. I mean, they're, like, moving away, you know, with one foot on and one foot off. And one of the kind of the, you know, charismatic leaders of the bunch, if you will, kind of goes, hey, Bill. Yeah, they know he's a pastor. So tell us, what is this Christianity thing? This is like right there. Yeah, great timing. Right there. Yeah, they're more ready than you know. They're just going to wait till you're getting off the boat, you know. Do you realize in that moment, he has 10 seconds probably, less. I mean, it's literally like you either go, uh, uh, it's a religion. No, I'm just joking. Dang it, I said the wrong thing. No, you know, like you either like say like, uh, I don't know. It's just like, I mean, it's just what I believe. It's okay, whatever you believe. You know, you say something stupid or you go and you actually know how to sum the gospel up. Do you know how to just lay it out? I mean, what, what do you believe? Ten seconds. 
What do you believe? What could Bill say? Now, you're not going to lay out the whole thing for spiritual laws in 10 seconds. But literally, can you just plant a seed about who Jesus is and what he has done? Can you? And literally, as Bill's kind of getting off the boat, he's got to say something. This is the one that I would use very often. I, I do this a lot. Just, again, plant a seed, break some mindsets, just kind of give somebody something. Is either I'll talk about my life, you know, well, this is what Jesus has done for me, or I'll say the do versus done. Some of you have heard this, and we do this a bunch, but religion is spelled D-O, do. It's what we can do to get to God. But Christianity is spelled D-O-N-E, done. It's what God has done for us because of Jesus. I mean, I'll literally lay it out just like that. I'll say, oh, yeah, yeah, we don't, yeah, we don't like religion. Yeah, religion is just our, us trying to get to God. But the great thing about Jesus is that he paid the price. It's done. It's finished. It's a free gift of salvation. You know, or you might even just say, it's all about a relationship, man. God made you. He loves you. Wants a relationship with you. Jesus died so that could happen. Damn. Simple. So those of you who don't know what the four spiritual laws are or, or that kind of thing, it's kind of just a good linear way to understand things. God created us. Created us for relationship. He's good. We sinned. We rebelled against God. That sin disconnected us from God. Spiritually, we were dead, disconnected from God. God gave His only Son, Jesus, to make us right with Himself, forgive our sins, bring us back to Him and reconcile us, you know, make us right with Himself. And, the, and number four, that we simply need to accept that gift, make Jesus the forgiver and the leader of our life. Our sins are forgiven. And we, we begin a relationship where we're following Jesus. You could literally say that really quick or you could lay it out say man god created you loves you made you for a relationship and even though we sinned and we've walked away from god jesus died on the cross for every single one of our sins he wants to forgive us he wants to forgive you and it's a gift all you need to do is receive it do you realize that what i just said is the most simple 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 thing to say isn't it And it is the power of God to save. You don't have to be an eloquent preacher. You don't have to convince anyone. You don't have to be an apologist. You don't have to be some intellectual philosopher. All you've got to do is just say it. I mean, uh, we, we like to give that illustration of uh, the, the man who's, uh, who was born blind, John chapter 9. And they're like, how were you healed? And he's like, dude, I was blind and now I can see. Get over it, right? I don't think he said get over it, but like... He was like, I, I don't know. Jesus healed me. Okay, that's all that it takes to be a witness. You don't have to know how it works. right? You don't need, how does the light bulb work? How does electricity work? I don't know. You flip the switch, it works. Okay, He's changed my life. He's changed my life. That's just sharing your testimony. How much? But I really want to challenge you. We've got to know the gospel. It's got to be in us. And we've got to know how to make it clear and even how to summarize it. A lot of times people aren't ready for you to just lay it out. A lot of times that's all you're going to get is about 10 seconds of just a small seed plant to say that God loves you or that Jesus died so that you could be forgiven. And where you don't think it will be relevant, I guarantee so many of us are like, ah, people don't believe in sin anymore. They may not, but there is guilt and shame deep inside of people. Like I said, they're not going to come out and tell you, I need Jesus, please help me, I'm dealing with all this addiction and brokenness in my life and I feel so much shame. They're not going to come out and tell you. But if you'll 
read the word, and if you'll be led by the Spirit, you'll know that's exactly what's going on inside people. They're longing for Jesus to meet their need, right? They're longing for Jesus. Even though they don't know it's Jesus, they're longing for Jesus to come and be that one for them. And all you've got to do is tell them, yeah, you really are loved. You really were created. And God's not what you thought he was. I love to tell people that. Yeah, God's not angry. He likes you. I love to just break these mindsets down and just talk to them about how much God loves them. Okay? One of the ways that I will lay out the gospel when I get a chance is I'll use what's called a bridge illustration. I'll take some scriptures or I'll take the four spiritual laws and I'll draw it with a picture. And the reason why is because at that point, this is kind of the way I'll do it. I'll say, hey, can I like just lay it out for you? Can I like, I'll just say that literally. Can I just lay it out? Can I lay out like what this is all about? Like how Jesus is the way or why I believe this? Can I just give it to you? If they're not ready for that, I'll just be like, can I just tell you why for me? You know, and I'll just tell my own story of how God's changed my life and how I put my faith in Jesus. Of course, when I tell my story, I just weave the gospel right in there, you know. Uh, of course. But when they're ready, I'll take five or ten minutes. You know, I just did this recently. I was like, hey, can I just take a couple minutes? It turned out to be like 15. But that's because the person was really tracking with me. And uh, on one side, I draw, I draw uh, like a cliff on one side and I draw a cliff on the other. Uh, usually I'll write, actually, let me back up. Usually I write, I write the word us on one side or a little stick figure on one side and, a, and, a, and God on the other. I write God. And I say God created us for a relationship with himself. And then I draw two cliffs, kind of like the Grand Canyon, right? Cliff over here and a cliff over there. And I say the reality is that sin has separated us from God. God's not the problem. We are. And I talk about this separation between us and, and the Lord and I'll quote even some verses, you know, I'll use uh, modern day language, but I'll say, the Bible says everyone's has sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Or I'll, talk, or I'll just say, you know, everyone has rebelled against the Lord and we've been separated from Him and we fall short of His glorious standard or something like that. And uh, at the bottom of that Grand Canyon, I'll just write the word death because the Bible says in Romans 6 that the wages of sin are death. Right? And it's just real simple. And I'll talk about that. I'll say, can you long jump across the Grand Canyon? Can you, can you long jump to Catalina? Let's just give it a shot, you know? And I'll say, look, the reality is I don't... It doesn't matter if you're a little bit far from God or a lot far from God, you know? It ain't going to be able to long jump, you know? It's just, it's impossible. We cannot be made right with God by our own human effort. Or I'll talk about the fact that, like, if a toaster's unplugged, it's not going to work. I can push the button as many times as I want. My toast is not going to become crispy. And I'll just say, look, you're disconnected from God. That's what it means to be dead. You, you are, you, God still loves you. You're still His, but you're not working like the way you were supposed to work. You know? And I'll just kind of give it like that. And then I'll say, now, the bridge is the cross. And I'll just draw a cross connecting the two sides of the Grand Canyon. And I'll say, the cross is, G, is God's bridge. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And the Bible says that though all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, Romans 3 says, and are justified freely, right? Made right with God freely because of what Jesus has done. Or Romans 6, 23 also. Yes, the wages of sin are death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And I'll talk about the fact that Jesus paid the price for our debt. He took the debt, He took the sin on Himself, and He gave us His righteousness. He, gave, he made us right with God because he took, the, he took the punishment. And I'll cross out the word death on the bottom, and I'll draw the bridge. And here's the great thing. You can just simply ask somebody, so where are you at on the, on the picture? This is one of the reasons why I draw the picture. I've done this with people who are Japanese and don't speak my language. 
very well. I've done this in Indonesia where they really didn't speak my language. And I can literally draw out the gospel with people who are international. I can draw out the gospel and I can literally just tell somebody, hey, so where do you think you're at on this? And they can say, dude, I'm all the way over here. Well, now we all know. But then I can actually say, well, why, how come you're all the way over here? Well, I think this, I think that. Okay, let's talk about it. And I can begin to engage them in a conversation that's much deeper than where we were before, right? Or they could say, I'm right on the edge. Or they could say, like, well, I'm somewhere right there. And guess what I asked them? So what's holding you back? What's holding you back? I want you to understand something. Whenever I've laid out the gospel, like 99.9 times, that I've laid it out like that, like I just showed you, when I really show somebody that God loves them and that all their sins can be forgiven, they can be made right with God. And, let's, and I'm talking about people who are kind of ready for that. This is beyond maybe just planting some seeds. Almost every time I've said it and I say, where are you at on this? They say, oh, I'm like right there on the edge. And I say, well, what's holding you back? 99.9. I mean, I mean I'm guessing. I don't deserve it. I'm telling you, most people are more ready than you know. Because if somebody thinks that they don't deserve it, oh, good, <laughs> that's, 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 a, that's your only hurdle? Praise God. No, you don't deserve it. Just receive it, you know what I'm saying? If that's your only hurdle, let's just pray the prayer right now. Woohoo! you know? Honestly, honestly, most people, I'm telling you, when you break down the religious strongholds and the walls and the lies that they believe and you get to the bottom line that God is just offering you forgiveness free of charge, they're like, I don't deserve it. If you only knew what I did, if you only know what I've been through, and we can say, yeah, I don't, but he knows. Amen? I, I, I'm telling you, learn this art of sharing the gospel. Meditate on it. Think about it. Memorize those scriptures. Pray through it. Practice it. Practice it in front of a mirror. Whatever it takes. Do your wax on, wax off, paint the floor, you know, sand the floor, paint the fence. Because we need to be ready to redeem the time, to seize the opportunity. Amen? That when somebody says, how do I get saved? You actually know how to answer them. But they may never do that. You may be the one to say, can I share this with you? Can I explain this? And it may just be a seed plant. You may not be the person to lead them to Jesus. They might be a negative 20, but they're ready for you to plant a seed. Because why? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, right? How can they call on, the, on, on Jesus if they haven't believed? How can they believe if they haven't heard? And how can they hear unless someone preaches to them? People have to hear. It's the only way. They have to hear the message. And we've got to make it clear so that somebody actually knows how this works. I re honestly, I, I may not be that person every time, but it's not enough for me to be like, yes, Jesus loves you. When I was a new Christian, we'd go out, like my youth pastor took us out on the streets, and I would just be like, Jesus loves you. But like, honestly, I didn't really know where else to take the conversation. I didn't know really how to explain the gospel. We all need to know how to explain the gospel so that when we run into that opportunity, we can say, oh, let me just lay it out for you really quick. Because people need to know. Yeah, people know Jesus' name. Yes, they know about God and they've heard about the church, but they don't know the gospel. They do not know. They do not know how much God loves them. They think God is this angry God who's rejected us. And they don't know that the price has been paid for sin. Some people do. Maybe they were raised in the church or something like that. But most people do not know what the true gospel is. We need to represent Jesus, amen, and be a witness 
for the Lord. Amen? Let's stand up and make ourselves ready for the Lord to use us. So just uh, right now, let's close by just offering our lives to the Lord. Just say, Lord, I'm ready. Just say, Lord, I'm ready to say it. It's Father, we open our hearts to you and we say, here we are, Lord. Use us, send us. Lord, I ask that you would fill our hearts with courage and faith. Impart these things to us. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in our church. I thank you for how you're using us to impact people's lives. I thank you for what you're going to do to multiply this church, to bring increase, even in the next couple weeks. I thank you for that. Give us opportunity. And I thank you, Lord, that we're not going to be the ones listening to someone else's story. We're going to be the ones to give a story. That we are going to have a story. Lord, we thank you for that. Thank you, Lord. I pray every one of my friends here would have opportunity to share the gospel soon and even invite people to yourself or even into the community. Lord, I pray that you would give us opportunity, open doors and open hearts. And I pray, Father, that you would fill us with boldness, Lord. Father, you, or Jesus, you asked us to pray for laborers. I have asked you for laborers. And I thank you, Lord, that right here you have filled us and you have been equipping us. So, Lord, I ask, empower my friends to be laborers, to go out and represent you and to bring people to you and to shepherd them to your heart. I bless you today with boldness, with authenticity, with love, and with the power of the Spirit. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. All right. Well, uh, have a great day.